You are listening to Sick Biz Buzz with me, Hillary Jastrom. Welcome to episode 34 of Sick Biz Buzz, the sickest podcast empowering chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs and the only podcast of its kind in existence. Let's give a quick shout out to a couple of sponsors today. First, I want to say thank you to BetterHelp. BetterHelp allows people to get counseling anytime, anywhere with their new modern counseling app. Also a shout out to our sister company, J-Hill Marketing and Creative Services. Thank you both for your support and further enabling the mission of SickBiz to provide support, resources, hacks, and hope to chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs. Todd Holland reminds me of a duck on the water. Above the surface, he is smooth and cool, working with some of the brightest minds, including his own, in the entrepreneur industry. But beneath the surface, this man is unstoppable. He notes he is changing the world, one business at a time, through funnel wholesale. But did you know he is also an economist at Luminwood Holdings? And this is the truly fascinating part. He is also certified in Transcendental Meditation. That's actually what we are going to be talking to him about today. So if you are struggling with anxiety and stress and tension and looking for a novel way to feel better, you want to stay tuned. Please welcome my friend and the man of many possibilities, Todd Holland. Todd Holland is in the digital studio today with me. I'm so excited to have you. Hillary, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. This is incredible. Oh, man, I'm so great. And we're going to have lots of nature sounds interrupting us today. So it's going to kind of go with the vibe of the show, which is like super mellow. Yes. Yes, I love nature sounds. This is going to be perfect considering we're going to be talking about all kinds of ways to keep that psyche and keep that mind on the calm so you can get through your day and catch those big ideas, right? That's the important part about life is big ideas. Absolutely. We're going to stay focused on those big ideas. But, you know, it's interesting because when I learned that you are certified in transcendental, I didn't even say it right, transcendental meditation. Perfect. It, it was uh, it was it was surprising to me because it is a little it, it doesn't seem to jive with like this hard charging world of entrepreneurialism that you are in. So what is the story with you? How did you get to today? <laughs> That's such a great question. Such a great point. You know, I mean, in in today's world, who has time for peace and reflection and all those different things that kind of make us remember who we are and not who the world wants us to be. And I, I agree. So uh, let's let's kind of dive right in. I got started with Transcendental Meditation um, about two, maybe two and a half years ago. Um, I started a real estate company. I started a marketing agency. I started one too many companies for my own well-being. And right around that time, too, was when I got diagnosed with a pretty serious thyroid condition that, you know, if, if anyone here is taking thyroid medicine, you know that throws your anxiety and your moods for a loop. And, you know, just to be able to keep, uh, you know, the gravitas of owning these companies and doing a great job, it, it just, it was very, very challenging. So I looked at other ways of, you know, calming myself and getting more centered. And there's obviously medical routes. And we tried that and different prescriptions. And that's, 
you know, and I always say that's kind of a band-aid to a like a, a like a, a, a universal size wound. It's not it's not really something you can and of course not not to say, you know, don't take those things, but it's really I think that the that, you know, at least for me, right, we can we can only really prescribe solutions and talk about things in the context of like my own experiences. But at least for me, the the idea of a transcendental meditation appealed to me because what I I didn't want to like go become a different like religious person i'm not religious in general i don't want to do that i didn't you know i didn't really buy the idea of like hypnotizing myself or like the the mantra stuff like that but this actually worked out pretty well for me because what it allowed for me to do was to take 20 minutes out of my day and practice a very specific kind of meditation transcendental meditation is one of uh, many many different kinds of meditation there's focus meditation right there's 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 different vedic disciplines vedic just means uh, uh, pertaining to the consciousness right and so what's interesting about transcendental meditation is that it's it, not only is it one of those things that allows you to kind of center yourself and remove your anxieties and kind of tap into this I like to call it this this infinite ocean of, of, of really it's it's consciousness but it's it's bliss. I mean when you think about it and and quantum physics proves this. I mean Vedic disciplines been talking about this for decades and I mean not decades hundreds of years centuries but uh, in past in the past few decades um Quantifist proves this that all thought, all ma- all mind, and all matter come from the same place, which is called the unified field. And so, if there is a unified field that from all good energy, all bad energy, all matter arises from, to be able to tap into that because that is you and that is everyone is really, really powerful and surprisingly simple to do. I made it sound super complicated, but it's not at all complicated. <laughs> <laughs> like my brain is a spinning. I'm like, wow, you can achieve all this in 20 minutes. And yeah. that, I mean, that's the huge takeaway. I think people feel like they have to do so much preparation. Oh, I've got to, I've got to roll out the yoga mat. Well, I've got to carve out, you know, this big chunk of time. Well, I have to go here. I have to, you know, account for travel time to get to my yoga place or whatever. Or I have to study with someone. But you are stressing that we can do this ourselves. Oh, absolutely. Um, not only can you do this yourself, you can do this without any actual um, prep time, like you said, without any of that you know, kind of tantric breathing approach, you know, follow your breath, without clearing your mind. I think clearing your mind is one of those things that's, you know, it, it sounds really great on a fortune cookie, but actually doing <laughs> it is <laughs> next to impossible. Have you ever tried clearing your mind? Of everything, when you're right in the thick of it, that's not possible. So without any of those kind of um, uh, external costs, I would say, of doing meditation or of just focusing on something in general, transcendental meditation is something you can do at the office, on your lunch, in the car, provided somebody else is driving. Um, and it doesn't really require you to kind of zone out or anything like that. What it requires you to do, and, and it's interesting enough, and the difference between this and other kinds of meditation are kind of what it, it presupposes your mind, body, and soul to do in order to achieve those results, right? I think mindfulness, if we know that we all, I think we all practice mindfulness to some degree, is a phenomenal practice where you're, you're really listening for specific body and mind signals going on within you, the electricity inside your body. That's mindfulness. That's one particular kind of meditation that's great for some people, for that's, business owners and yeah. artists. Um, transcendental meditation is, I think, much, much better. Yeah. Okay, um, good. So we want to get into that in a minute, but I want to, I want to go back to what you said, tantric. And when I, when I hear that, I think of Sting and his <laughs> wife, Trudy, 
having sex for like 27 days or something like some ridiculous. <laughs> is that the same? Is that the same thing? Is that is it like related somehow? <laughs> well, in a way. Uh, so in, you know, in, in most, <laughs> that's a great, and, and to be a visual person today's age is a curse and a blessing, believe me. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so the, the I think that the tantric nature of the weird sex stuff that Sting and his wife were into was probably in like in a way of releasing some of that inner just kind of aggression, right? And some of the breathing stuff that we do when they say you know take deep breaths and focus on your breathing, that's really to you know push out some of that inner aggression too. So while I I think you know uh, Sting may have had a better time than anybody who I could possibly coach on this, I think that you know they both kind of have the same goal. <laughs> They had the same goal, but they just used it, you know, in, in their intimate relationship. So that's cool. So let's totally. get into, let's, before we jump into, and this is just going to be like a mini lesson, obviously, but let's talk about what kinds of stressors and anxiety you think entrepreneurs with chronic illness and disabilities face. And also, if we're talking about stressors and anxiety today, but but is that kind of hand in hand with depression um, or compulsions and things of that nature? Or is this specifically tailored to anxiety? Well, and it's, it's an interesting question, Hillary, because without you know being able to go in and definitively say in a biochemical sense, this is the distinction between depression and anxiety and all those other things. What I what I can say is that you know the first part of your question, the stressors, right, the the things that would you know um, precipitate a need for transcendental meditation in someone's life and in a chronically ill business owner, I think, you know, from my own experiences, my thyroid condition, which is not like excessively major, it's, 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 you know, there's, uh, I'm blessed to have, you know, the, the abilities that I still have while I have them and, and all these different things. But even that, you know, has, has its, its toll on me. And I, I can't work the same amount of hours. My, my team is far more productive than I am. And there's, there's always different things. And to be able to deal with that. And as, as a business owner, it's always, there's this impetus to be the, the best, the leader. We want to be the one to drive this test forward. And the days that we have to kind of sit back and take a break and say, okay, it, it's a Todd day or it's a Hillary day. Those can have, be tremendously stressful experiences, especially if you're, you know, down on crunch time for a specific project. Mm-hmm. So that's Absolutely. one of those things. That, yeah, I mean, meditating during those times is, is very effective too, because you can, you know, it, it it treats this this stressful, you know, cat and mouse of I have a problem, I'm chasing the problem, problem gets bigger, it's now chasing me. It changes that into a, a bit of a movie or a video game in which it's it's an enjoyable chase to the solution as opposed to it being kind of this like mandatory downward spiral that, you know, I feel like it's kind of self-prescribed and unfortunate I'm extremely unfortunate. Right. Well, and I think you hit on something that is extremely powerful and that is the mindset approach to this. And a lot of us battle with this. A lot of us beat ourselves up and say, well, you know, well, I can't keep up today, but so-and-so could, but I can't. And why do I always have this you know, Logie energy. Um, I am detoxing and I've been doing that for like the past three weeks. I've been trying to like detox my brain, my spine and on a cellular level as well. And I'm telling you what, that creates some groundbreaking fatigue. It is. Yeah. And so I've just been really, you know, frustrated with that. But I think, I think we have to flip that. And I think we have to start to welcome 
taking the time to sink in to meditation and instead of resenting it and instead of saying, oh, and this is something that I have to do, you know, regardless of what condition you have, you should do it. You should do it. You should do it if you're, you know, 220 pounds and fit and can bench press. What's an impressive number? Um, well, I'm not going to say my number, so you can say whatever <laughs> number you want. Let's say 200 because I'm nowhere near that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, me neither. Okay, so that's Perfect. good, right? <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm more like, you know, 175, but whatever. I'm not bragging. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Hillary, Hillary can bench more than we now have this recorded. <laughs> This is perfect. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, well it's, it, yeah, it's important that we can, I don't know, I feel like we almost have to reverse engineer our thoughts and say, it, it's okay to take care of ourselves. It's okay not to feel guilty about it. It's okay to welcome different ways of success in our life, like physical healthy success. And I don't mean that from the terms of like, you're just going to leave your chronic illness or disability behind, but putting yourself in the best frame of mind to embrace going deeper into your subconsciousness. That is beautifully said. I, I couldn't agree more. I think that's, that's tremendously important. Um, w one of the great, I think, analogies to specifically transcendental meditation that I always thought was interesting was, you know, uh, you're, you're really, when you're meditating, you're increasing the size of your consciousness. That's, that's in, in its mm. heart. That's what it is. You're more susceptible to the good. You're more tolerant of the bad, you know, these kind of, you have more awareness and that that's, that's consciousness in, in, in a big way. And so yeah. the, the old, the old saying is a golf ball sized consciousness. So an unmeditated and unrefined and un, un you know, purified conscious one that's kind of like tightened down with, with the anxieties of life. One that doesn't take time to, you know, kind of remove itself from that and, and to, you know, give itself what it needs. And, and that when you say golf ball size, that's not to say anything about intellect or anything like that. It's just, you know, how condensed, like you can always put your hands together in a, in a double fist. That's like how pushed together society and life has made our consciousness. That's just kind of the unfortunate reality of living in the society. The more you meditate, the more you you reflect on you know that deep ocean of bliss and of, and of ingenuity and of and of new and innovation of kind of new ways of telling your own story in life. You expand that consciousness. The more you expand that consciousness, it it then there's that famous saying from the Upanishads, "As above, so below," right? Mm -hmm. And that's that's kind of you know in in a, in a good way and a bad way because what that in at least in this particular context to me states that you know as as our consciousness grows and it grows and it grows it grows beyond just what ails us and it, it increases in scope to what we you know that pain that we feel because we all you know even as non-sick business owners we all go through pain those of us who, who are you know in the conditions we have of you know substantially more that pain and what it makes us feel and that change that changes to us internally that happens in that pain can be beautiful things we can help yeah. tremendous amounts of people avoid pain different kinds of pain so i think mm -hmm. that's that's one of those huge things and i think you said that so beautifully i just had to go and mention that and ruin it with my quote <laughs> <What>? <laughs> i'm just trying to keep up with your eloquence man i mean i really and while you were talking i pressed my hands together and i made them you know i interlaced my fingers and then right. it was like is this what our consciousness is and if you're listening I want you to do this. I want to put your hands together like you're going to pray. If you don't believe in anything, just pretend. And then like interlace your fingers and apply pressure to each of your palms. 
that's what we have done with our subconsciousness and our consciousness and our ability to create and to embrace innovation because we have so much coming at us all the time. People can find you all the time on Facebook, on any other social media platform, on your phone. They can text you. They can email you to your phone, in your face, face-to-face, in the traffic. And some of us even have old school, you know, regular ringing phones. You cannot escape. And I think that's why it's so important to say, okay, in this environment, it is important to carve out those times to escape. So let's talk about what we need to do to prepare. And then I want to know before we get started with that is, is there a wrong way to meditate? There's not a wrong way to meditate. Um, it's, it's a great question. It's one of those questions I'm going to take 15 minutes of your time to answer. Um, but <laughs> no, in, in short, there's no wrong way to meditate. There's no wrong way to calm down. There's no wrong way. It's, it's whatever works for you. Now, transcendental meditation is kind of a specific mantra oriented thing where, you know, there, there is a certain word that you're going to, and it's not a real word. It's like a sound almost that you have to learn and be able to play in your head over and over and over again as you're meditating. And that's really the essence of transcendental meditation. So, you know, there's, there's no wrong way to to get started. And I think anyone who is excited about should get started. But if you want to, you know, kind of get into, like we said, expanding that consciousness, there's several books out there that can help you get started for free. There's lots of videos out there, but the most important part is going to be choosing a mantra or or rather having someone tell you what your mantra is. That's usually the best way to do it. Okay. So who would tell a person what their mantra is? Well, they traditionally gurus, but because gurus stopped existing like a very long time ago, now it's people who pass the certification exam for transcendental meditation instruction. <laughs> <laughs> so that's me and, and thousands of other people. So um, I got my mantra actually. So I'm, I'm in the David Lynch Foundation University. I'm a huge David Lynch fan. And so I got my mantra from uh, one, of, one of his people, one of his teachers, instructors under him. And it was such a cool experience too. When I get, can I tell this? I don't know if it's going to take yeah, too long. Uh, no, it's, go it was ahead. really weird. I mean, if you guys have seen David Lynch's movie, it was like the experience was kind of like a David Lynch movie where you're like, I think this is a dream. I'm pretty sure it's a nightmare and I don't know what's happening. Um, <laughs> so the, uh, essentially I sat down. It was, it was, it was a nice, like, you know, calm. There's kind of those chirping bird music, but there's actually a CD doing that. And I sat across from this person and then he, he, he said, okay, I'm going to say something to you and I want you to repeat it back to me. And, and he said the word and I repeated it back to him. He said, okay, good. Now, I never want you to say that word again. Never let anybody else hear that word that you've just said. And I said, why? He said, that's your mantra. When you meditate, you speak that inside. You never say that word out loud. Wow. And it was very, very cool and very unique. And so I've been, you know, that, that was my mantra. And he asked me several questions, you know, how old are you? You know, what's, where, where are you in life? Like, are you, you know, t- you know are you married? Do you have children? Uh, you know, what, what are your biggest problems, stuff like that. And through that kind of analysis, if you would, or pseudo analysis, there's no science behind it. I'm sure. Um, I was, I was given the mantra I was given and I strongly recommend anyone else to, you know, there's, there's websites now I realize that you can go find your mantra based on where you live and your age. So I encourage anyone listening to go do that because, you know, when you want to start meditating, that's going to be the thing that you, so when you, when you meditate, now I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to slow down a second here. When you meditate, you essentially, you, you go off somewhere else and your thoughts start trailing and then you do start thinking about life again. And that's, that's the part that you don't want to do. So, you know, you're, you're off thinking about like this 
ocean of ideas or whatever, and then you're thinking about that project that you have to turn in on Friday, start repeating your mantra in your head until that project disappears and you're back to the ocean. The point isn't to think about because you have all day long to think about that project. You only have 20 minutes to spend at this ocean, right? So spend the time there. And that's that's the one thing where I'll, where I'll say long is short question. There's no wrong way to start. But if you do want to, you know, kind of do the specific thing that I'm referencing, it would benefit you greatly to find the mantra early on. So you're not, you know, maybe, you know, feeling the wrong things while you do it. Uh, keep in mind, the mantras aren't real words. They're not actually like that doesn't mean anything. There's no meaning to a mantra. It's just it's just a sound that's supposed to reverberate across various parts of your body as you say it. For example, for, you know, women of 50 years and older, um, one of their mantras are she, uh, ma. And so the she is upper in the neck and then the ah is kind of down in the belly and ma is meant to kind of push the, cause you know, that's traditionally the age that you have afflictions of the stomach and of kind of that general area. The ma is said in a way to kind of push the air up out of your stomach. So the idea when you're saying she, ah, ma is to kind of like this valley of pushing the bad energy out as you say ma, it's like she, ah, ma. And it doesn't mean anything, but it's just, it, you, you know what I'm saying? It's just like this idea behind this uh, sound that you have to memorize. Oh, I'm making this, amazing. I'm really selling this. I realize that. No, no, it's amazing. And I think, and the first thing I was like, well, you're given a word for a mantra. And then I was like, well, it can't be a word like dandelion because like, what, you'd be like, <laughs> oh my God, I said it. I said my mantra. So, and then because there is such um, a meaning behind it, there's such a mission behind it that the ma actually is forcing you to push that negative energy out. And I would imagine that contributes to that experience and, and your visualization. And are you, can you visualize? I mean, are there rules to meditation? Of course. There's, there's essentially rules with, with any Vedic discipline, which again, Vedic is just consciousness. That's, that's, all, that's all that means. But anytime you meditate, there's going to be frameworks. Yeah. Um, so for, for this one, it sounds like visualization. Are you talking about like auditory visual type of things that come up when you meditate more spiritual, like mind stamps? What, what are you, what are you thinking? Well, when I, let me put it this way and I'm not a good meditator, um, at all because, and, and I know the universe wants me to do it. Because I keep getting messages, and especially you today. That is very, <laughs> that's like, <laughs> there's a big shove. Do you get it now? So, um, but you know, my form of meditation was like when I was in the MRI tube. And I would, <laughs> I would listen to the music. And I would create, you know, kind of these videos in my head. Um, or I would give myself a task. And this sounds crazy. But I would uh, pretend my husband had a purse. And then I would imagine what he would put in there, in that purse. Mm. So it's, um, I kind of, I don't know if I led myself on my own kind of guided meditation, but it was important to stay as calm as I possibly could, you know, in a scenario where um, it's, it can feel very threatening to be in an MRI tube, even an open one. It can feel very threatening because your head is in the tube and, you know, like, so I've gotten very good at falling asleep and then creating these images and stuff like that. But meditation, mindfully taking time out of your day to just be with your thoughts and embrace those thoughts. No, that's not something um, that I have done. So I don't even know what that would look like. What does that look like for a first time meditator? 
Well, actually, it's really cool, Hillary. The experience that you have in the MRI tube, kind of with those those um, stories, I call them stories and visualizations with the person and with the music. Those kind that is close to transcendental meditation than anything else. Because what you're, I mean, transcendental meditation, the root of that is trance, right? So the mm-hmm. the, the reason that transcendental meditation works so well for our circle of the world is because we're very, you know, tense and aggressive and type A people to begin with for the most part. So to be able to put yourself in that trance, to your point, you know, there are no hard and fast rules. I mean, I, I, I'm working on a book right now, which you are absolutely going to be the first and and final word on that book because I mean, we'll we'll leave it at that, but working on a book right now. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I got, I got the idea for this, for this book, um, because after I had just gotten done meditating for an hour, where I went and I, I leaned on a metal rail. Um, it was outside in Lake Elsinore. It got hot. And I put my hand on it while I was talking to my friend. I just felt this like this heat on my palm. And that itself revealed the entire plot of this book to me. So, you know, in the, in the strangest ways, like even being in an MRI tube, you know, listening to the sounds there, the music, thinking about the purse there, you, you know, you're, you did it. I mean, that's all, that's all you had to do was, was just, uh, yeah, just go to the MRI tube and meditate. But no, that's, that's really... <laughs> That that's in in essence that by itself is so much more productive and and beneficial in my opinion to your consciousness and well being than the forced meditation where it's like okay I'm gonna go try to clear my head and, and and take myself out of my day the way you did it like I'm in my day but I'm gonna meditate throughout this like you know strange pattern this river of my day that's a tremendous success I, I think that's the way that people should try to do it as if they could amazing and so then so then this is great because. It sounds like you can do this with music sure. as a background. And I think that's it's important to people. Music, and I know, and I'm going to shout out to Melissa Drake right now at Brilliant Transformations. She is the, the a woman who is connected more to music than anybody I have ever met in my entire life. Wow. She will, and if you, if you haven't connected with her, you need to because she is a trip. She's also in California. Um, and she she listens to lyrics so if she's feeling a certain way she'll get in her she'll get in her body she'll be present with that and say i'm feeling this today and she welcomes it um or you know even if it's not that pleasant but she's not she doesn't resist it she'll say okay great i'm acknowledging it i'm here today and then whatever is playing in the moment because she always has music going of some sorts then she hears the lyrics and those lyrics really describe her state. And it's just like, it's just like the coolest thing. So to say to people who maybe don't understand, because I didn't know this today until I talked to you, you can use music to meditate. Dude, that is a game freaking changer for me. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we do have to wrap up and I feel like we only just got into the surface of it or you know even giving people ideas of what to do to prepare but you are no longer a podcast virgin and uh yes (laughs) (laughs) so i wrap with one question the same question for every single guest every single time and that is what is the one thing people don't know about you (sighs) i'm terrified of public speaking (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness and yeah. you spoke you spoke of a river today and that's what you were today you were this undulating gentle river just pulling people 
into your world. So you're an, a phenomenal speaker. You did a great job. Hillary, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate that. <laughs> I'm blushing. You can't tell. This is a video, uh, audio thing, but I'm actually blushing. So yeah. <laughs> That's why we don't do video. People would be I, like, yeah, oh my for, God. <laughs> for a lot of reasons. I, I have a perfect face for podcast and radio programming. I'll tell you that. Oh my God, you're adorable. Shut up. Okay. So thank you for being on and sharing with us. And as Robert says, I always say to people, well, we have to have you back. But you know what? I really would like to have you back because the next time that we talk, I want you to take people into some sort of meditation. And even if they're listening at their desk in the middle of the day or wherever they happen to be, if they're in a Starbucks, Put that earbud in their ear and they can listen to you and maybe you can guide them a little bit. I would love to. That sounds perfect. That'd be amazing. Thank you so much, Todd, for being on today. It was an absolute pleasure. We all live with stress. Sometimes we just get used to having it in our lives and we may feel like that we have no choice but to live with it as some sort of inconsiderate roommate. It's an annoyance. But more than that, it is a detriment to your health and it can have long-term effects. So as an entrepreneur with a chronic illness or disability, it is more important than ever that you find a way to manage your stress. Todd Holland today introduced us to the concept of transcendental meditation and we learn there are various types of meditation and how we can use meditation effectively to manage the stressors and tension in our lives. Maybe we can even learn to live a stress-free existence. I believe it's possible. If you want to get in touch with Todd, the best way to reach him is to find him at Todd, and that's T-O-D, at LumenwoodGroup.com. Lumenwood, L-U-M-E-N-W-O-O-D group.com. We will also have that information for you on sickbiz.com. Did you like what you heard? Please listen, subscribe, share, and leave a review for Sick Biz Buzz wherever podcasts are available. We really need to pump up those reviews, people. And I'm getting ready to send out bribes to those who listen to the show so that you can provide an honest review. We're always looking to improve so we can better serve you, so keep that in mind. And we're not asking for a five-star rating, but just be honest about your experience. Also, head on over to sickbiz.com, where each of these episodes is transcribed into a blog post, boiling down the most potent nuggets that you will need to get the most out of this experience. We are hosting Entrepreneur Spotlights of the Month and offering different, actionable, and effective advice for you if you are an entrepreneur. Also, to get all of Sick Biz's resources to your phone, simply text SICKBIZ to 36260 and enjoy our podcast there in addition to so much more. That's it for our show today. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Sick Biz Buzz. We'll catch you next time. Be well.